October 3rd, 2023, where Masechet in the second of the wide lines. Let's begin again at the beginning of the second of the wide line. Tanura Banan, the Gemara Saitz Beraita. En Hasuma Maklo. The first of the halachot in this Beraita is that a blind person can't go out even on Yom Tob with his makil, with his walking staff. Rashi explains on the left hand side, in such a circumstance, that's a weekday expression and, um, and mannerism. And as a result, it's uh, cheapening, it's inappropriate activity for Yom Tov. As I mentioned yesterday, Rosh in Simanhe explains and distinguishes, as we do the halakha, a crippled person would not be so. And he explains the distinction, he explains the differences. A crippled person can't walk without the walking staff. Nobody would consider the walking staff in such a circumstance weekday as opposed to Yom Tob activity. That's the way he walks. A blind person, in contrast, apparently is physically able to walk, it'll be a little bit more difficult, it won't be uh, smooth walking, but he'll be able to. The statement in turn of the rabbis is, En hasuma Yosef Maklo continues the Beraita, Velo betarmilo, and a shepherd can't go out with his backpack, with his bag on Yom Tob either. I think that one's easy to understand, that's weekday activity, it appears wrong. It seems inappropriate for Yom Tov, even if he's not per se planning on using it, but the fact that he's going out like that, that's not Yom Tov uh, going out. And lastly, and this is the one that, as you recall, the Gemara is going to most focus on, and lastly, you can't go out with your chair on Yom Tov. What does that mean, Rashi? The chair is some sort of pole-carried chair in which people are holding the pole and the important distinguished person is sitting on it. That's inappropriate as a mode, as a means of transportation on Yom Tov. It appears the issue as well is Ziluta de Yom Tov. It's not a Yom Tov mean and mode of uh, transportation. Those are the three halachot listed in this Beraita. All, might I remind you, going based on our Mishnah. Our Mishnah was talking about carrying the meat from the field into the city or into your home because uh, if you were to carry it with the poles, inappropriate weekday activity, carried instead in bags, put in your pocket in some other fashion, some other way. So this Beraita effectively seems to be giving us objective rabbinic visions of inappropriate activity for Yom Tov. It's an interesting question. Now, uh, Jeffrey asks, you see, listen, we're talking about the seat over here and the person, uh, maybe that's a rickshaw. If someone else is biking it for you or you're biking for another person, is that what we're referring to? You might not need to go that far as to a rickshaw unless you're talking about, but then it's already a different question, but it's an interesting question to address. Just talk about a bicycle to begin with. I'm not carrying another person. Effectively, what we're talking about is a different mode and means of transportation. Unless you tell me it's because there's a visual, it's an optic, it looks like something hashub that people pay attention to. It might be. We'll have to, uh, we'll have to tease this out. As I mentioned, this Gemara is mentioned in... What's that? Wheelchair, maybe, but keep in mind, if the person's crippled to the extent that they can't go, it's their only way of going, you're not going to apply this. That's the crippled the we mentioned from Rosh. 
I'll slow down, slow down, slow, slow down. You know, I, I will tell you first, first and foremost. That's right. Jeff is helping me out here. Don't take me off uh, track. Uh, first and foremost, Shailot Tishubot Rab Pe'alim, as I mentioned, Benish Highness, famous Tishubah in which he permits bicycles. He's appealing to this Gemara and Slach's interpretation of it, as we'll address. Rigshaw, if it's uh, driven by a non Jew, is a separate issue. Um, you know, there's even a question over there in the mode and way in which the rickshaw is being done. Most recently, I saw Rabbi Bitan wrote a tissue bar about that. Hopefully, we'll address that as well. They didn't mention that. Uh, it's true. To him, it apparently makes it easier for him to walk. He can walk by. He can walk by holding someone's hand. He can walk by uh, using a different type of uh, instrument of some sort. I hear you. We'll have to check. We'll have to check. And I haven't in my you know, experience. We'll have to check how this is addressed. But that's, uh, that's at the very least the way that Rishonim distinguish. On the last one first, says the Gemara Ini, is this really so? <coughs> that you can't be Yotzeh on the Kiseh on Yom Tov. Didn't we have a messenger which was sent, or a letter which was sent from Eretz Israel by means of Rabbi Yaakov Bar Idi, who sent the following: Zakene had his his statement in this message was: We had an elderly or scholarly individual in our neighborhood. He would go out with his chair on Yom Tov. And part of this message sent by Rabbi Yaakov Bar-Idi from Israel to Babel, to Babylonia, was that when we had this issue in the neighborhood of, uh, Rabbi, uh, uh, in, in my neighborhood, Rabbi Yaakov Bar-Idi, we went and we asked Rabbi Yoshua ben Levi about this. Uh, you see he's going out with his chair, is that okay? Ve'amar, and he was posek, Rabbi Yoshua ben Levi, about this case. Imrabim serichim lo mutar. If the masses need him, if the masses are dependent upon this individual who was going on the chair in a public way, uh, well, then it's permitted. What does it mean if the masses are in need of him? Rashi, Sirichinlo, as we read yesterday, Labet Hamidrash Lidrasha. For Rashi, Rabim Sirichinlo is defined very narrowly, it appears, as a person who is necessary to give the class a person who's necessary to be leading a Torah conversation or lesson. What's that? But first the story said he's an older person. The Pesach Halacha was, it's okay if Rabim Sirichimlo. What do those words mean? Rabim Sirichimlo says Rashi, only if he's necessary. Zaken, we generally say, En Zaken Ela Mishekana Chokhmah. Uh, as a matter of fact, the Chachamim imagine the word zaken as being uh, really a, a, a compa- uh, what's it called, a composite of two words, zekana, this one acquired. Uh, so it might be, and that's really in the Lashon of the Torah, when the Torah says, mipene takum, zaken, en zaken chokma. Over here, it might just be an old person, but anyway, ultimately speaking, it is Rabim Sirichimlo defined by Rashi as he's necessary for Torah. Well, I'm going to teach Torah, I'm going to do something, I have one mitzvah, I'm going to buy another mitzvah, 
Well, it's not violation per se. Keep in mind, this whole thing to begin with is rabbinic in nature. It's defined by an objective ziluta de yom tob that they imagined. And their vision in turn is if it's a person who's necessary for others, it's not a ziluta. It's maybe the opposite, you know. This is the way you're honoring the yom tob. Maybe you're honoring this person publicly. It kind of, in their eyes, is the opposite. It's a rabbinic definition of zilutad yom tov. They can define it uh, for some one way and for others another way. What's the concept of zilutad yom tov? It's loosely defined as the hachamim envisioned the day as having a certain set apart sanctity and distinct nature than weekdays. Hard to define exactly what that meant for them. In other words, uh, is uh, well, they're telling me these things are zilutad yom tov. Maybe I can find another thing, and maybe it's the type of shoes I wear. Well, that is a question. You know, in other words, it's hard to define exactly what it means. But what we can do is we can read their words in terms of their definition. This is what the day should look like. Uh, when I grew up, there were several things. I remember asking my father, am I allowed to do this? He said, listen, you're allowed to. It's not really a Shabbat activity. That's what this is. In other words, this is the Hachamim objectively saying these are not Shabbat activities. Very loose, very difficult to define. Not in the spirit of the day. And in turn, not me and you defining for our households, the rabbi is telling us, objectively, we see this as inappropriate. That's what you're dealing with. It says the, says the Beraita further in terms of, it sounds like this message from Rabbi Yaakov Baridi, and the rabbis, sounds like in Eretz Yisrael, they leaned on, in terms of Pesach Halakha, al divrei Ahay Shakya. An individual, a high or a hlishakya, de Amar, his statement was in the context of this halakha, Hana apikte, this individual said about himself, I brought out le ravhuna, I moved ravhuna on a chair, on Yom Tob, on Shabbat, mihini lishili umishili lihini. From one place to another and from that place back. Now, clearly, Rav Huna, it appears, although maybe not so simple to the Gemara at this point, Rav Huna was Rabim Sirichimlo. But the testimony of this individual is, I moved him from one place to the other and back to that place again. Rashi points out these two places were adjacent one to the other. In other words, there was no problem of Tehum, there was no problem of... What's that? On a chair. Maybe he wasn't one person. Maybe he was together with others. He's remembering, I was part of that team. I would imagine it's... I, yeah, yeah. No, but in other words, it says, how, to, how did one person do it? But again, for Rashi, the significance here in terms of these two places is uh, there was no transgression of what's called Tehum Shabbat, of going uh, beyond the appropriate boundaries of uh, movement. Ve'amarav Nachman Ba'itzhaq. And furthermore, another testimony, this time from Rav Nachman Ba'itzhaq, Ana Apikte, I brought out on Shabbat, on Yom Tov perhaps, Le Mor Shemuel, to Shemuel, to Mor Shemuel, Mishimsha Le Tula, Mitula Le Shimsha. Tula means shade. I took him from shade to sun when it was uncomfortable for him in one context, uh, to the, from shade to sun and from sun to shade, whatever the circumstance, situation was. I on a chair on Yom Tov did so. So the Gemara seems to be challenging the initial biraita that we cited today. The initial biraita said, you're not allowed to be yotse on that kiseh, you're not allowed to go out on the chair when others are carrying you on it. We've broadly defined this as a different modes of transportation. The Gemara has several Amoraic statements from the Imoraim, from the time of the Gemara, where each of them testifies about the fact 
or realizes there was precedence in their neighborhoods to go out in such a fashion. It's a direct contradiction. It seems clear there's something else going on. Of your answers the Gemara, that was never a question. You want to know how these individuals moved the rabbis? They moved the rabbis, not yet. Hatam kedamarta amam. There, in other words, in those cases where the rabbis were being moved on the Yom Tov, as we said, the reasoning. Don't think that these cases stand independent of the initial reasoning we supplied. If you recall, Rabbi Yoshua ben Levi gave us a reasoning in the first line of that Beraita. Im rabim sirichim lo Period. It's permitted if you're needed by the masses, which means to say at this point where the dust has settled, we are now at the point where this kiseh in a public, it appears, a circumstance on Yom Tov would be forbidden for anyone other than Rabim Sirichimlo. How are we defining Rabim Sirichimlo? All we have at this point is Rashi. It's a person who's going to give a derasha. Amar le Rav Nachman le Hama bar Ada, and says the Gemara onward, Rav Nachman said to this individual, Hama bar Ada, who was known as Shaliah Sion. It sounds like he used to travel to Yerushalayim, he used to travel to Eres Israel. He was known as the emissary. Now listen, once upon a time, not too long ago, we had emissaries to the land of Israel from the Middle East all the time. There were people who went uh, and they were emissaries for the community and from Israel to the diaspora. Anyway, so here he is. Saying to him, Ki salakta lehatam, says Rav Nachman to this Hamabar Ada, when you get up to there, when you get up to Israel, can you ask some questions for me? Can you get some clarity? Akif vizil asulama desor vizil legabeder bar idi. And he says, when you get to there, hatam means there, salakta means to go up, meaning up to Eris Yisrael. Akif literally means to go around. As Rashi explains, it means take the longer route. In other words, I want you to stop somewhere. I know you're going just to uh, Manhattan. Can you take the roundabout uh, way and stop in another place on the way? Vizil and go asulama desor. Sulama desor literally means the ladder to sor. It sounds like a passageway, some sort of steep incline to a place of, called sor. And words, instead of going directly to Yerushalayim, I guess, where you're going to be headed, uh, take a little bit of a roundabout way, a uh, circuitous route, in order to zil go legabed Rabbi Yaakov Baridi. I'd, I'd like you to speak to Rabbi Yaakov Baridi. Who was Rabbi Yaakov Baridi earlier in the Gemara? He was the individual who sent the message from Israel. Remember, he sent the message from Israel in the neighborhood. There was a Zakin Ehad, and Rabbi Yoshua ben Levi was posek. Ah, so we have that message. We maybe read it. We maybe heard it from someone. Let's get some verification on this. Did they actually follow this? I heard the rabbi said X. Could you go ask the rabbi for me? Could you verify that they actually practice this? Or was he just saying this in theory, just telling a story? Ba'emine, ask him, says Rav Nachman to Hama bar Ada, kiseh, on the chair, on Yom Tob, ma'atun be. Ma'atunbe literally means, what are you on it? Rashi explains, what do you say about it? Rashi, ma'atemomrimbo. What do you actually say about this? What's the Pesach Alakha? Ad-de'azal hatam Ad-de'azal, until he went, by the time he got lehatam to there, to Israel, Hamabar, uh, uh, what was his name? Hamabar Adam. 
The rabbi who they wanted to ask the question of uh, had passed away. So he's not going to be able to ask him the question any longer. He passed away. Rav Nachman is sending this shaliach Sion. Uh, who's he going to ask the question? To Kisalik, when he does get up to Eretz Yisrael, he found uh, a different rabbi. Okay, so Rabbi Yaakov Baridi had passed away, but he found Rabbi Zireka. He figures I may as well ask him. He's another important rabbi in Israel. What do you say about this chair on Yom Tov? What's the halakha? We have on the one hand the Beraita, we have on the other hand testimony from different rabbis, a message from Israel. He said to him in response, this is what Rabbi Ame used to say. It's permitted, however, you have to make certain that you're not mekatef. Ketefai means shoulders. I mean, you're not shouldering? Says the Gemara, what did that mean? I came back with the message from Rabbi Zereka. It's permitted, but no shouldering. What's no shouldering? Asked the Gemara, what does that mean even? So it's permitted to go on the chair. Uh, we assume if Rabim Sirechim, although that wasn't made clear, but made, make certain that you're not doing it with your shoulders. What does that mean? Amarav Yosef Bered Rava Be'alonke. It's a reference to something called Alonke. Rashi explains what Alonke is. Rashi says, Alonke, if you take a look at Rashi in the first wide line, he says, mm-hmm. Each person, two people, let's say, maybe more than two people, they take their arm and they place it on the shoulder of their friend. And the friend puts their arm on their shoulder. And then the chair is placed while their arms are across on top of their arms. What's the difference between that and what we described earlier? What we described earlier is held by poles. You hold the poles closer to the ground and we walk. It's a lower hanging chair. If there's a large swath of people on Ocean Parkway, on Broadway or something like that, in such a circumstance, you don't realize necessarily that this person with this small chair is being held because you're holding those poles closer to the ground. It's in your arms. Harder to lift it high up. If it's on the shoulders, it's a lot more visible. The optics are a little bit more, meet the eye. And that, the statement back from Eretz Yisrael in the name of Rabbi Ameh, that's prohibited. That's ziluta di yom tov. So you're allowed to on the kiseh, again, sounds like provided that it's Rabbim Sirechim lo, although that wasn't made clear, but you're not allowed to when it's mekatef. All right, let's see what continues here in the Gemara. Marav Yosef beredarava be'alonke. Says the Gemara Ini, is that really so? In other words, are you not even permitting when it's on the shoulders? That's one thing you permitted with the poles. We thought you were going to permit entirely, even with the shoulders. Don't we know about Rav Nachman? Didn't Rav Nachman allow his wife, a famous woman in the Gemara, several Gemarot about her, named Yalta or Yalata, he had permitted, Shara he permitted for her, Lemepak, to go out, Alonke, when she was held up on the shoulders of others. So how do you rationalize that? You just told me you're not allowed to on the shoulders. You said only in a circumstance where held by the poles, not on the shoulders. How is this permitted? Pause for a second. This is difficult. Why is it difficult? Because we're quite certain, says Tosafot, that's right. We're quite certain that as important as this woman must have been, 
was she really going to the Beit Midrash to give derashot? Uh, you know, maybe. Uh, hard to believe. We don't know about that from the Gemara elsewhere, that she was saying derashot in the Beit Midrash. The only woman really in rabbinic literature that we know who was involved in conversations, not in public teaching, uh, was the wife of Rabbi Meir, was Bruria. What do we know about Yalata? We know she was a distinguished person. We'll talk about that in a moment. But how are they even... So the question is about Yalta. Well, how was she going out on the shoulders? Questions, Tosafot. How would she even go on a chair that was held by poles? The only time you permitted that was when it's Rabim Sirichimlo. She was Rabim Sirichimlo. Even worse. You're making it harder, Jeffrey. We're permitting on the shoulders. We're questioning on the shoulders. Which apparently... But she's that we know Rav Nachman allowed for his wife to go on the shoulders. We're questioning, we're questioning not how he permitted. Shoulders is they put their arms like that, and then there's a seat on top of it, and she's sitting on it. Or he's sitting. Are we talking Rashi made clear Hini that those two places where they were carrying was within the Tehom. It's within the Tehom. The question will be, and it's a proper question already, are we talking outside of, quote, Eruv? Are we talking about from a Shuti Ahitur Shut Rabim? Can't address that yet. I'll address that when we get to the end of the Sugya. But at the very least, we're not going out of Tehom. We'll have to address, you'd imagine it's got to be in the Eruv, because the only conversation we're having is about Ziluta Diyom Tov. We're not talking about carrying per se, and as a result, we might further imagine that this is all on Yom Tov, not a Shabbat conversation, where it's permitted as opposed to on Shabbat where it'd be forbidden. But for the moment, how did the Gemara, the Gemara only has a problem, Ya haram, ya haram. We don't permit isurim for wives. And if anything, in my house, it works the opposite. I permit and she forbids. But anyway, says, says the Gemara, says Tosafot, I don't understand. Your, your, your issue is that she was going on the shoulders. How are you even permitting that? One second, baseline. She couldn't even go on a pole. She's not going to teach. Says Tosafot, right hand side, third dibura matchil shane yalta debeit. Excuse me. That's in the answer of the Gemara. Let me read the answer. Well, forget about the answer from it. Read Tosafot. Vim tomar veha lohitiru ela kiyesh basorech rabim kedamrinan leil. The only time it would be permitted, Tosafot, the third one, shane yalta. All right, it's on the it's on the answer of the Gemara, but it's really uh, it's really addressing the question or uh, you know the, the initial stage. Says Tosafot, I don't understand. How'd you permit her even if she's not on the shoulder? How'd you permit her on the chair? Says Tosafot, maybe she was considered as well Rabim Sirichimla because as is known from other Gemarot elsewhere, she was the daughter of the Rosh Gola. The Rosh Gola, the, the head exilarch, was a major political Jewish figure during this time in Bavel. And as a result, her being the daughter of him, married to Rav Nachman, maybe many people needed her for aid. Many people needed her for advice in some way, shape, or form. As a result, she was permitted. Tosafot is a little bit more liberal in terms of their definition of Rabim Sirichimlo. Uh, whereas Rashi said it was about giving a class, Tosafot says it's about being an important person that people uh, need you for. Okay, regardless, that's what we have. That's an important question with regards to what Rabim Sirichimlo, how broad we can be or how narrow. How says the Gemara, let's just finish this Gemara first. How says the Gemara, so how is it? You told me the message was from Eris Yisrael. Permitted to go on the Kiseh, but not if it's Mechatef, not if it's Alonke, not if the people are carrying the individual on their shoulders. It's more public, it's more of a public spectacle, a 
something people see, Zilutad Yom Tov. Wait a second, don't you know the wife of Rav Nachman Yalta did so? Answers the Gemara, Shanei Yalta de Be'ita. Her circumstance, her situation was different. If she was carried on the regular chair, it would be more frightening for her. She needed to be carried, or she was permitted to be carried, and she needed to be higher up. The ba'ita, she would be nervous. She'd be nervous that she's going to fall off. Why her as opposed to someone else? I don't know. But apparently, says the Gemara, that was the situation. She would have anxiety if she was on a regular chair, that she'd be falling off, and therefore was permitted. What's that? This line in the Gemara, Tosafot. The way you have to go in Rashi is, Rashi is just giving one of two examples. He meant, uh, for example, going to give a derasha. And he's not Hard, hard, agreed. That's why Tosafot does this. The other way to go, I got gotcha. you. The other way to go for, for Tosafot, for Rashi, and, and some suggest this, I don't know if they do it specifically for Rashi, but it, there are some Rishonim who learn this answer in the Gemara is answering both. The fact that she was nervous, therefore, even if Rabim enam sirichim la and mechatef is permitted. Do you understand? Maybe you'll have to go there with Rashi. But it's in kar haseh from Rashi. Agreed. Yeah, exactly. They're saying the seat on the shoulders. Right. The seat on the shoulders was permitted for her because... No, 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 no. It's the shoulders, one arm on the other person's shoulder, their arm on my shoulder. We're standing next to each other. The seat goes on our shoulders. It goes on the arms as opposed to poles which are held low down. The shoulder. I suppose you could have. I think it would be just as big an issue. In other words, because my understanding of the difference between shoulders and non-shoulders is hands or, or um, shoulders. Shoulders is higher up, it's more seen, as opposed to poles. It could be it was with poles. Rashi ter- interpreted it as with arms. I don't know. You know, I don't, I don't see that there would be a problem. I imagine the reason they didn't use poles is because poles would hurt the shoulders probably more than, I don't know. The fact that she's nervous, I think the Rashi's point, he ran together to Somer, who can't use the king. To the cripple, you're saying like cripple, like Rosh quoted that if you're a cripple and you can't get around, so it would be permitted. So would work Interesting, which is, but which you're suggesting then. Yeah, but maybe, but you're suggesting then that her fear, it's a hidush, her fear is the very permissibility, which is along the lines of what I was talking to Abi a moment ago, is the whole reason that we're permitting everything, right? In other words, the simple interpretation of this Gemara is she was permitted on the chair. That's what Tosafot questions. Question is, how was she permitted on the shoulders even? Because she feared she was going to fall off on the regular chair. You're suggesting she was permitted on the chair to begin with, which is what I was saying to A.B., and in turn, even on the shoulders, because she had a fear she'd fall off, so she'd be like the crib. She couldn't, couldn't walk around at all. Yeah, nice, nice reading of the Gemara, possible. Says the Gemara, lastly, Amemaru Morzutra Mechatve Lehu Bishabeta Dirigla. See, here's where things get a little interesting because this last line tells yet another brief anecdote in which these two rabbis, Amemar and Morzutra, they were mechatefe, they were with the shoulders, that's difficult already, the only reason we were permitting shoulders with Yalta was because she had a fear of falling, without a fear of falling, we're not permitting shoulders for anyone, even with Rabim Sirichimlo, two of the great rabbis are going around that way, when were they going around? Shabbat means on Shabbat, 
Rigla means before the regel. The halacha is you're supposed to learn the laws of the holiday 30 days before the holiday. The Gemara Masechet Migilah Masechet Pesachim says. So on the Shabbats before the holiday, the rabbi used to give, maybe until today, gives derashot, halacha derashot, on the laws of the upcoming holiday. So they were going for their derasha, for the laws of the upcoming holiday. And how would they get to the knees? How would they get to the midrash? On the shoulders. How is that permitted? Answers the Gemara. What's that? That's right, says Charlie. I forgot to call attention to him. A moment ago, I tried. It's even on Shabbat. Ooh, Shabbat. Shabbat's a whole nother level. Where we... Sure, sure. If you have it on Yom Tov, you certainly have it on Shabbat. No, no, we, we have this I mean, throughout Masechet Shabbat. Yeah, yeah, no, no. The, it goes without saying. If it's going to be a Zulutav Yom Tov, it's going to be a Zulutav de Shabbat as well. It's Kiddushah. That's right. That's the interesting thing. That now we're mentioning. Uh, now we're mentioning. Okay, so g- give it a moment or two. So anyway, says the Gemara. How was that permitted for them? Mishum biatuta. Either it was because they too feared falling off. That's why it was permitted for them to go on the shoulders. The Amrela. There's a different version. Mishum duhaka de sibura. The alternative version over here is it's mishum duhaka de sibura because of the pushing or the close proximity of the people, which means to say, as they entered into the room, there were so many people congregated one with the other. The way Rashi interprets this is they would all stand up for the rabbi. It would take them so long to get to the front. The only way to do this right was to put them on the shoulders, put them on the shoulders. You'd swiftly carry them through the room. What's that? Give me a sec. Give me a second on that, Eli. You're stealing my sting, but um, my thunder. That's uh, for, for a moment first. The, the interpretation. Now we know about this uh, crowded room. The Gemara Masechet Berachot and Davav, Davav Amudbet. The Gemara over there talks about the Agra, the true reward of different situations. So I've, I've mentioned these before. The Agra, the Pirka, the the reward that a person gets for going to the Shi'ur is Halicha, it's just walking there. Because Rashi says most people don't understand what's going on in the class of the rabbi, but at least he got the sechah for walking there. So it says the Gemara over there, what's the agra for this, for the pirka on the rigla? That one's different. It says the Gemara, duhka. It's the fact that you're so squashed together that it's so uncomfortable and there's a certain reward for just being present as part of that. It means they were very squashed, they were very held together. And therefore, in order to get them through the room, says Rashi, that everyone won't be standing up for them for so long, they would do it on the shoulders. Now, said Eli, it seems clear from all of this, at the, at the very least the second answer, that we're talking about when they were in the room already. That's an interesting and important point because you're answering Charlie's question. Charlie said this is taking place on Shabbat. In truth, take a look at Rashi. Rashi, this third wide line in Rashi, says in the middle of the line, Mechatvela, this is Mechatvelehu, this is they would take on the shoulders, Amemar Morzutra, says Rashi, Bebet Hamidrash. Ad mekomam. Rashi is very meduyak in his words. He says, where would they be taking them on the shoulders when they were in the Beit Midrash? In the Beit Midrash, there's no problem of carrying. Why does Rashi add those words? The suggestion of Beit Yosef in Siman Shin Aleph is, Rashi has those words to tell you that on Shabbat, this would never be permitted outside. Why would it never be permitted outside? You have a problem of carrying. Before... What's that? What's the mukse? It's a chair. Why not? If it's a permitted chair to use under these circumstances, either because, but even if it's if it's permitted outside, if it's been mishum bi'atu bi'uta. 
Okay, so if it's okay, for sure. If it's not permitted, give me a minute whether it's permitted outside or not. But anyway, it's being used inside, so it's permitted, over, according to Rashi. But it means, and we'll we'll come to that last point very briefly in a moment, because that's that'll be the last conversation, which we'll continue and finish tomorrow. But it means that our sugya then set forth for us a long conversation back and forth with a few twists and uh, several spins with regards to this halacha of this kise. We established number one: if rabim serichim lo. Then it's permitted. How do you define Rabim Sirichim law? We're not 100% certain. If Rabim Enam Sirichim law, it appeared as if it's forbidden unless maybe Bi'uta, there's some sort of fear. Lastly, with regards to the Ketefai, Mechatve, on the shoulders, there it's all more stringent. How much so? Well, under one of two circumstances, it's permitted. When does all this play out? Under what circumstances? Is it even with carrying from one domain to the other? Is it only, like Rashi says at the end, in the Midrash? So that's a conversation. In Siman Shin Aleph, Sa'if Yotet, Bet Yosef points out the following. Bet Yosef, that's Rabbi Yosef Karo, notices that Rif, Rosh, and Harambam do not record this law in the context of Hilchot Shabbat. They only record it in the context of Hilchot Yom Tov. Says Beit Yosef, I'm going to tell you why. It's because this law is not applicable to Shabbat. On Shabbat, you'd be carrying from one domain to the other. It's forbidden already. This question is only a Yom Tov question. Questions Beit Yosef. Tur, however, is recording it in the context of Hilchot Shabbat. Beit Yosef says, I can't understand Tur. If we just established that the carrying issue on Shabbat, how are you mentioning this law in the context of Shabbat? This doesn't begin in the context of Shabbat. He questions the Gemara, which says that these rabbis were going on Shabbat. He says, no, that was only indoors. That's one approach of, of Beit Yosef, a question on Tur. Then he concludes a second approach, and Bach signs off on this approach. He says, the Gemara in Masechet Shabbat and Tzadigim and Tzadidal, it says, Hai noset asmo, which means to say a human who can move are allowed to be, under some circumstances, carried. Because we look at them as if they're carrying themselves. They're not actually being carried. To the extent that even if they're on a bed, the Gemara says, it's permitted to carry them. Suggest Bet Yosef, if the whole issue over here is that, listen, a person, technically speaking, according to the Torah, can be carried. Rabbinically speaking, I can't pick you up and carry you, but technically speaking, biblically, according to the Torah, I could. Oh, that being the case, maybe tells us our Gemara, if it's necessary for your transportation and people need you, then it's permitted, even rabbinically speaking. What that all means is there's two approaches to this Gemara, whether we're permitting even carrying from one domain to the other or not. That's an interesting conversation. It's an interesting debate. Lastly, and we'll discuss this tomorrow, Slach Rabbi Yechezkelanda has a whole different reading of how you break this down with regards to Shabbat and Yom Tov. It's based on those final words. So every conversation we had is all important. Slach Final reading of this, I'll try to take a, a, a scan of it and we'll read it briefly tomorrow. That's what Ben Ishai built his Pesach Halachan with regards to bicycles, with regards to how he reads the sugya vis-a-vis Shabbat and Yom Tov and what the real underlying issue is. His vision, his understanding of the sugya is a bit different than we understood it until now. But effectively, just to state it clearly, our sugya gave us a conversation with regards to what seemed like Zilutad Yom Tov, a debate whether this would even permit carrying on Shabbat or not, 
Hashem, but ultimately speaking, not so much wiggle room in the context of a person who Rabbi Menzerichim lo. If people don't need you, if you're not necessary, whether because you're the daughter of the head exilarch or because you're giving a class, you shouldn't be able to use another mode of transportation according to everything we discussed until now. And we'll continue with that part tomorrow. Baruch Adonai Amen.